Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. On this episode, we have Austin Fitzpatrick, who's actually one of our co-hosts, um, but he is currently um, serving underneath me for his first round of his capstone, uh, doing a full immersive experience with UWL football um, and just UWL athletic training in general. So we thought we'd talk to him about how the first year of his master's in athletic training program went, how it's gone, what he's learned, what he thinks. Um, so. That is what we covered in this episode. As always, we want to thank our friends at Mueller for helping us out with this podcast. Um, check them out. They really care about the profession and what we do and want all of our feedback on what they are trying to create for us to help us do our jobs better and take care of the athletes um, in the way that they're needed. With that, enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. Um, we are in the thick of fall sports. Uh, just made it through all preseason camp. School started for most of our crew working today. Um, but we did want to continue to get episodes out. So we're actually sitting here with Austin Fitzpatrick, who is one of our co-hosts, um, who is going into, I guess technically is in his second year yeah. of his master's program. Um, in athletic training, and so we thought we would just rewind and see how the year one went, uh, what he thought about it, and kind of go from there. So I guess first off, do you just want to give a little synopsis of what your year looked like? Yeah. Um, just Because yeah. everything's similar, but I'm sure everybody has a little bit of a different take yeah. on it. So Yeah, no, it was definitely a uh, different year than I've ever experienced throughout school. Um, I, we've had a couple conversations about it before, but kind of condensing an entire what would be a what three-year undergrad program, depending on the place, yeah, two or three, down into essentially one. So it's been a lot of cramming, and it's uh, I think one of the biggest things is it's really forced me to become a better student. That was uh, one of the biggest things that I struggled with um, going into the program is that I had a lot of free time, was able to do all this, but this really made me prioritize kind of what I was doing and how I went about my time management. So that was one of the biggest changes that I've experienced in the last year. Did you get started last summer? Yeah, I started, I believe, end of May last year. Okay. Yep, and I've been going nonstop since. So I mean, technically, I think my... Fourth, fifth semester, fifth semester. Okay. In the fall, I don't know. I'm not very good with math. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, fifth. But yeah, it's been pretty nonstop, and I guess that's been nice because you don't have the summer break to go home and forget things and right. get in trouble that way. It's just been constantly building on everything that you've learned, which is, I guess, one of the advantages that I see in the program is that. You just keep building on. So you got started in the summer. I'm assuming that was all coursework? Yep. All summer, and then when you got into your fall, did you do a J-term? 
Well, no. So the way ours kind of worked is for the first, I believe... Trying to figure out how you worked in clinicals into this. Yeah. When those came into play. Yeah. So I think our summer session was 12 weeks total. The first eight weeks were all coursework, all classroom work. And the last month was um, immersive clinical. So we were with... Oh, okay. We were with our uh, first rotations, 40 hours a week, doing full-time. Just kind of dive right in. Did you, before you went into that, like, in the summer, did you cover, like, eval, things like that, or was that more, because just comparing to what we've got going on at UWL, just, yeah, they're in that process now of learning all the eval skills, they've got a lot of the basic emergency care and a lot of the other things this summer, which is obviously important, uh, but now are just getting to the eval portion. Yeah, um, actually it was a pretty similar setup to okay. what we have at Milwaukee is so that first semester, you know, is you learn your emergency care, you learn your heat stroke, all this stuff, all this is still important, but we didn't really dive into eval until we got into that fall semester, so probably beginning of September of last year, and then as we got through our clinicals and as we got through our class, we generally got more involved with mm-hmm. what we did with that eval portion. I'm assuming that helped. It helps it, it stick a little bit more. Yeah, it's really nice learning it concurrently and doing it that way. But again, I guess one of the downsides, and even I don't know what the students think now, is that for the first little bit, your kids kind of feel like a uh, yeah. little bit of a helpless body. I mean, you're still contributing, you're still helping set up, do all the emergency care, wound care, but. It's a little bit of an awkward situation at times, but as you learn more eval stuff and as you get more involved, it becomes a little bit more comfortable, a little more easy flowing. And you've had, so what were, I guess let's just start here. So what were your clinical rotations? And I know you've got a couple of unique ones that we've obviously talked about privately, but um, what were the ones that you've yeah, for sure. were able to experience? Yeah, so I started out both in my summer and my fall rotation. I was at a high school in Milwaukee. So that was your general high school. You cover high school football. You do a little soccer, basketball, you know, a little bit of everything in high school. That was interesting just being, I'm not from Milwaukee, so it was interesting to see how schools there work. I'm from a really small town, so uh, it was a big change for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I transitioned into the winter into the sp- and spring, I worked college track and field during the indoor season, and I spent my spring portion working college baseball, which was uh, pretty exciting. I'm a big baseball guy, so I'm really into the upper extremity shoulder stuff. So that's kind of one of my favorite areas okay. so far, so I really enjoyed that rotation. During the summer here, that was probably my favorite rotation of all. I was given the opportunity to work with the Milwaukee Fire Department. So, firefighters, uh, completely different population. They're, uh, they're something. They're a good group, but they're pretty stubborn. So, and just their job demands are so unique that it really forces you to go outside the box and challenge what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And it makes you kind of adapt to them because it's not your traditional come down to the AT room, we'll do your rehab before practice. Right. This is, we'll go out to your station, we'll do your rehab, we'll do your eval, whatever. But then in the middle of that, 
you could get a call, so I could have five minutes with you and you'll be gone. Right. So it's really uh, learning how to get things done real quick. Yeah, I gotta imagine maximizing your efficiency. Yeah. With that, and you know, not just putzing around to putz around. Yeah, it was it was a very unique experience. I enjoyed it. I've had great preceptor there, um, and like I said, it's just been an incredibly unique experience. Do they rotate the clinician there? Do they go fire house to firehouse, or how how is that set up? Yeah, so it's actually kind of a different structure. There's only a couple, I think, four or five fire departments in the country that have a full-time athletic trainer. Okay. But Milwaukee the, is one of them? Milwaukee is one of them. Good Milwaukee, San Antonio, and the Denver metro area are the three that I can think of off the top of my wow. head. Wow, okay. But, uh, no. So, what the way it works is we have almost like a rehab station. So, it was the decommissioned fire station that we've kind of turned into both a clinic for rehab. So, we have all your typical athletic training room stuff. Okay. We have a couple fun toys in there. We have a Kaiser, which is kind of nice. cool. Um, but it's also used for our mental health side. It's, okay. It's also used for our performing side. So, we have peer fitness trainers who are firefighters certified with personal trainers, CSCS, whatever. And that we, the athletic training side, kind of runs that gets them through their in-services, helps them program so that they can go out to their own houses and lead workouts for their peers. But And then we do make house calls. So if there was a fire call and someone got injured, we'd go out on those. That makes sense. And then if there was something where someone coming back from a call or if they were coming off duty, we'd go and meet them at their house as well and kind of work through the eval, any rehab, or if there were any additional steps that needed to be taken. Um, just looking back on the year, you alluded to like how it made you be a better student and things like that. Like, what would be advice you'd give yourself if you can go back, <laughs> and also to anybody else if it might be different? Yeah, no. Uh, I think the biggest piece of advice for myself: investing a good calendar. Honestly. <laughs> Fair. Over the last year, I've learned to use my Google Calendar, record everything, otherwise I'm going to forget it. And it took me until I got like a real job to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, I was bad. Yeah, it starts to, it's a hassle putting things in, but I think that little tiny inconvenience help you keep your life on track a little bit more as you start to get busy. You get assignments piling up. Yeah. You get meetings as you enter into the uh, workforce so it's just kind of organizing yourself which is probably my biggest problem but i'm working on it <laughs> trust me it's a skill that never is fully refined i think there'd be a lot of people that would agree with it and especially in our world where your control of your schedule is not always in your hands yeah exactly so what, what else would you say that you took away from year one before we jump into a kind of a rehashed version of yeah. the athletic training chat questions. Oh, for sure. Um, like I said, it was interesting. I don't really have a basis to go on, having not done the undergrad program, but I found it really nice to concurrently be in the middle of my eval class, and then right after that, I head to my clinical, 
have conversations with my preceptors and go about and talk about what I just learned mm-hmm. and then gradually become more involved in it and gradually become a little more comfortable with it. And I think my preceptors really helped out a lot with that throughout my different rotations just because it was a lot to jam in and I think it was three semesters of eval classes. Right. So my preceptors and how they went about their jobs and helping me learn, I think, helped me with my own confidence and my own skills. And I don't know how big of an influence they play as an undergrad, but that was just kind of my experience. I got very lucky with some really great teachers and preceptors who are um, top-notch. Awesome. Ready for the re- reverb I, I am. AT chat question. So, um, our typical one is, well, we're going to start with this in a little bit. Um, when we asked you these, you weren't necessarily in the profession yet. Yet. You, you were just getting started, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the questions we asked is, where do you see athletic training going in, the, say, the next five to ten years? Has your answer changed at all? I don't remember what your original answer was, but I'm not exactly sure if my original answer. So I'll give it a I'll give it a go on this one. Sounds good. Um, I see some positive steps coming forward here. Um, just throughout the master's program, there was a little uh, talk right when I started, and there's still some talk going on. But I feel a little bit better about it, having gone through it. That you know the quality might not be the same just because you are jamming it in, even though the goal is to technically raise that standard yep. being at a master's level but no I think that it's been a positive step forward with that master's program and I think that as more and more universities make that switch and kind of figure out how to make it work best yeah. I think that it will actually be a really big step forward with that I'm curious as to how it'll play out like we won't know and probably tell five to ten years is you know some people weren't a big fan of like the three plus two model mm-hmm but I could see where it might have some merit, but are, is it going to have to go from a two-year to a three-year, yeah. you know, PT, chiropractic, you know, those yeah. type of fields where it's just a longer time in school, and then you've got to go out and do clinicals and all that stuff. So I wonder if... Yeah. That will be the next evolution of it. Like, we got it to where it is. It's a now a master's program, but now it doesn't need to be longer, especially for the amount of skill set that we're trying to teach mm-hmm. in it, yeah. which is a lot. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And kind of connected to that, I'm really curious to see. I've seen it a lot in the last year or so, especially in social media, about the growth of DAT programs. Yep. So I'm, I know, like, a couple universities, like AT Still... Indiana State have yep. them, but I'm actually kind of curious to see how those start growing. Yeah, I'd be interested in their evolution based off of what happens with these MSAT ones. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, you already alluded to getting yourself a calendar um, as some advice you'd give. Anything else come to mind? Um, ask more questions. I'm a, Amen. Yeah. I'm a rather introverted person. And it's taken me a little while for into my clinicals to get to that comfort zone. But honestly, asking preceptors, other students, even other ATs who aren't my preceptors yep. about what they're doing or 
special skill set that they have is benefiting me greatly. I've picked up a lot of just tidbits of things from athletic trainers, both my preceptors and others at the sites I've worked with that, yeah, they're super helpful for me and I've found success with them. So, like, I've learned a couple of ma- different manual techniques, mm-hmm. different mobilization stuff, and I don't know the full skill set, but I've learned bits and pieces of it that, like, I can take and apply to, like, a situation that I recognize that need. Yep. I think that's important. you got to have a fairly large toolbox. Even if you don't use it very often, it's always, mm-hmm. there's that time you're going to need that one tool, and it's always nice to have. In your proximity. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, has your most influential resource changed or evolved hmm. since your time in this graduate program? I'm trying to think what I said before. I think, is there a question about books coming up, or is that... No, I think that would have been kind of yeah. in this resource one, but yeah, I sure. Think I, might have said, I think I might have said books a couple books in the past, and I think vaguely remember saying Supple Leopard, mm-hmm. which is still one of my favorite books, and I still use it a lot, but, again, I've already said it multiple times. I'll just keep hammering and harping on it, but I think my preceptors. Yep. I Those have, they have been fight by far the biggest influence and biggest teachers for what I've learned so far. They are... They're the bridge between what I've learned in the classroom about, okay, this is how you do a muscle task. You lay them in this position. They're the ones that say, okay, yeah, but, okay, look, let's do this practically. This is how you do this. This is how I do it. So they help me make that connection to still do things efficiently and do things well, but also kind of put together all the pieces that I need to. One more, if you could change a thing in the field of athletic training, it could be a modality, a common practice, or a mindset. Anything that you've come across? This has been one that's evolved yeah. a lot for me over the last six months, just in doing some extra reading and research for my own stuff, but I'm mm. curious if anything has changed for you. Yeah, um... I want to say I said something about ice last time. Yeah, I think we were all kind of in the don't just do what you do because you've always done it. Yeah. You know, have your reason and really be able to dig into that reason and test it. Yeah, no. So, still standing with ice there. Over the last year, especially with a couple of my most recent preceptors, We've had the debates about ice excuses, and granted, it it does have excuses at times, but I think I'm still leaning away from ice, and and that there are probably better options, or I won't even want to say better, I guess, alternative options, guys, that, but again, that's kind of one of the things where you have to consider not only what you think, but it also comes down to that patient thing. what they think, what they feel. A lot of the time, you know, you've been told, feel better, control swelling, all this, go ahead, stick some ice on it. Well, maybe, maybe not, but having to talk with them about why you're doing it and then what they think about it, that's another thing that I've kind of learned from my last couple preceptors. 
really taking into account that uh, patient expectations. For sure. And then the final one, now that you're a year into it, you're plus, um, really getting the full world gamut of it all. What does an athletic trainer mean, being an athletic trainer mean to you? Oh, yeah, this one, I don't even remember what I said, but I can give you a, I guarantee it's completely different. So over the last year, of, like I said, a lot of experiences, a lot of unique experiences, and I've gotten to see the role that athletic trainers play, and I'm going to go ahead and say that it's so much more than just the practice, practice coverage, rehab, eval. Yeah, those are core components, but sometimes you do jobs that you don't even think, you never think about doing. Um, so I've assisted with like running kind of after school kids programs, just as a function in one of my most recent ones, working with high schoolers um, to kind of, to get them active, dipping into the strength and conditioning world, but then also working with athletes who are going through things that, you know, tough things, life happens, but, but also understanding how to empathize with them, how to talk to them and mm -hmm. get them help and get them the help they need. So it's just kind of, I respect the hat that athletic attorneys have to wear a little bit more and the variety that they have to do in their day-to-day -day life. I mean, even with you, we, uh, we run about, we do a thousand different things every day. Half of them are probably athletic training. Uh, okay, right? okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't scare you away from it. Yeah. No, but it's, uh, it's, I guess one of the cool things, too, is you do so many different things. It keeps life interesting, and that's all I can ask for. It does. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, anything else that you want to share from year one? I don't know. There's so much in there, I don't even know if there's anything I could pick out from there that without just, like, going off on a little bit of a rant there but well we can always do one after year two as you're uh, oh gearing, yeah, up you, for, gearing up for the real world yeah you have a lot of a lot of content from that one for sure awesome well thanks for kind of giving us an update and we're curious um anybody that has again has a story they want to tell we want to talk to you uh, whether you're finishing up first year at school second year undergrad going through it or somebody that's been in the game for a long time we want to hear your story and share it out to everybody that we can because we think it's important uh so don't hesitate to reach out to us at atc at athletictrainingchat.com and awesome appreciate it no thank you for having me all right thanks everyone